Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. We've had 35 resurrections of the dead. The closer they are to freshly dead, the easier they are to resurrect. So I see this giant angel and I asked him his name. It's a financial company and I realized this angel is here for our finances. And that's a true literal story, by the way. These people are charlatans and it's about time we draw a line in the sand and stop fraternizing with the wolves. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. An argument from the greater to the lesser. This is Wretched Radio. Jesus was right again. The imperative of unity for the local church, that we should be one-minded, that we should have the essentials squared, and that we should strive lovingly to have as much unity as is possible. It didn't start with Jesus. If you consider it was Psalm 1, how uh, one thirty, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. You know, Psalm 1, Jesus prayed for our unity. Paul scolded the Corinthians for not having unity. I'm a Paul. I'm of Apollos. Unity is important. If we do not have unity with one another, especially on the local level, uh, a church is going to be a dog's breakfast, and so too will be a nation. Hence the argument from the greater to the lesser. Because remember, the church, way more important than any country. Jesus didn't say, I'm building my nation and the gates of hell won't prevail over it. No, he's building his church. And if we're supposed to have a unity in the church, then likewise, we should have some unity as a nation. But that's precisely what we're lacking these days. A rather helpful article in the American Reformer, Identity as Idol. We, we see our society becoming increasingly fractured. And we're going to take a look at why that is happening in the lesser institution of our nation, and then we'll return to the greater institution to see if it's possible that some of the reasons for the fracturing of our nation are being imported into our local churches. He does a fascinating, uh, Adam Elwanger, hope I said that right, Adam, does a nice job, very brief philosophical history as to why it is that we are seeing everybody act as their own nation. We're not even a community anymore. It's not like state pride. It's just everybody is a nation unto him or herself. He goes all the way back to Rousseau, of course. He goes back into pre-enlightenment thinkers who talked about the importance of the self. Nietzsche, who talked about the importance of the self and how we're to express ourselves. And the greatest thing that you can do as an individual is break the shackles of society, a.k.a. the church, so that you can live the way that you really feel on the inside. And that is what we're seeing today in the extreme. And as you hear these descriptors, you're going to go, yep, that means the country's in trouble, which then should lead us to the conclusion, so's my church. If we aren't striving for Unity. This again from Adam Elwanger. The people who are drawn in by the tenets of radical individualism belong to a modern cult, the cult of self. What we see everywhere. 
isn't it? You've got to express yourself. That was a song. Who did express yourself? You're a, you're a disc jockey person. That was Madonna. I'm so sorry that you knew that. Quickly. I'm really, <laughs> really sorry. It's no mystery why the decline in Christian faith across the West coincided with the ascendance of boutique notions of individuality. That is the battle cry of most people in our society. Not group, not family, me, 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 me. Identity fetishism operates as a rival faith to Christianity, whereas the latter um, demands kenosis. So Christianity demands kenosis, an emptying of ourselves for the service of others. But today's cult of individuality makes the idol of the self preeminent. Me, I come first. This is what this, I'm sorry, mom and dad, if you've been canceled by your kids, this is likely one of the big culprits. You stand in the way of their self actualization. You're the one who's locking them down. You're the one who doesn't affirm every decision that they make. So you got to go. Because it isn't about family. It isn't about we. It's about me and nothing else. By the way, if you have never listened to Greg Gifford's Transform podcast, this week he actually talked about what parents can do when they've been canceled. Uh, Jimmy, is he doing a part two and three on that? Because it's uh, a massive subject. No, I don't think so. Uh, it, see, he just, he, he just tackled one aspect of it, how you might be able to go about the business of teaching your kids you're not actually toxic, that you're not so terrible, that you should be avoided. But if you are dealing with this subject, you know the pain of a parent who has been canceled by a kid. And I think the culprit in that divorce is the cult of self. That you, you, you can't compete against the individual's desires to live any way that they choose. And you come along with your Christian values, who you should vote for, what sort of marriage configuration is right and which is abhorrent, genders. And if they have any inkling in any of those liberal directions, you got to go. You're opposed to getting drunk. Bye-bye. You don't, you don't want me to take that job? You're out of here. Why the quick can't? It is over almost anything these days. Greg Gifford does such a good job of, of helping you to maybe, um, it probably won't heal you completely, but when somebody says, when a kid says to a parent, you're toxic, I'm out of here, and it's usually via a text, isn't that thoughtful? It's because of character assassination. It is this broad brush. You're toxic. Go ahead. Defend yourself against that. Because as soon as you say, oh, no, I don't think so. See, that just proves how toxic you are. You can't win, mom and dad. You can't because it's character assassination. You could say, please tell me why you've come to that conclusion. Could you give me three examples? Probably can't, by the way. Well, you didn't want me to buy that car. Well, it was a clunker and it was overpriced and it turns out the thing broke down the next day, remember? Yeah, but see, now you're defending yourself. You lose, mom and dad. Why? Because the idol of self rules. And your kid has been infected by this. This article goes on to say, the modern cult of the self is a form of blasphemy. 
By elevating the process of self-invention as the highest creative act, individuals lay claim to the role of God. The self that they invent is the object of their worship. We would call this pride. We would call this nothing new. The human heart has always been the problem. And everybody loves themselves. Everybody loves themselves. Everybody. And you say, oh, no, no, there's some criminals on death row. They hate themselves. Do they want to be executed? Mm, probably not. They want to live. Why? Or why do they feel bad about their current status? It's because they don't think that they deserve to be there. They shouldn't be there because it's me we're talking about here. I don't deserve this sort of treatment, even if it's perfectly just. Why? Because the cult of self is is at the heart of, frankly, every single sin there is. It's, it's a love of me. The Bible identifies this immediately. Sociologists are just catching on. This article, extremely helpful. The cult of self is different in one important way from classic cults. You think of your favorite classic cult. In most cults, members are aware of their status as members. They know they're they're in this organization. They wouldn't call it a cult. A Jehovah's Witness would deny they're in a cult, but they know that they're a Jehovah's Witness. That's true for cults. Whereas initiates to the modern cult of the self are unaware of their membership. That's because mainstream culture presents cult doctrine. That's just self-evident truth. Duh. This is the norm. Of course you need to accept that clownish person in the commercial for Target. That's that's them. They're an idol unto themselves. How dare you judge? It is we are constantly breathing this in. Members of this cult are unaware that they hold any particular beliefs about identity at all. Why? Because it's all they know. It's all that they've been taught. The fundamental premise of the cult of self is that authentic identity is achieved through the expression of individual difference. This is fascinating. The more different you are, the better. That They actually think that's what makes community. A focus on my differences. Now what, makes, now what unites us? What makes me different? Your family cannot survive that. You, you put that into the smallest context of community, which is the family, where everybody is vying for self. You have got nothing but disaster. Now, populate the entire nation with that mindset, the cult of the self, and a nation can't survive. The greater institution, the local church. How do we help our family? Our nations and our local churches understand the importance of real unity. Next on Wretched Radio. If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Can we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Would you please call them if you're dealing with the health insurance blues? <laughs> please 
Take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month. Average. Their ratings, high, teledocs. Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save, or you can visit MediShare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, where every day is enrollment day at MediShare. You know, what used to be a movie is now our sad reality. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. Social media may be bombarding us left and right. Our Christian worldview may be under assault. But we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Buznitz. And they're coming to the rescue with Wretched Worldview 2. Tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny, contemporary issues through a biblical lens, helping us to defend the biblical view on things like sexuality and gender, critical race theory, modesty and apparel, persecution, secular entertainment, environmentalism, 22 issues to be exact. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy of Wretched Worldview 2. And hey, while you're there, snag that study guide too, because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and I said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats. They get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Know your reformers. John Calvin was a French pastor, an author of the Institutes of the Christian Religion. His writings and ministry made Geneva, Switzerland a hotbed of Reformed theology. His institutes are still guiding documents for Reformed churches across the globe. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Thanks, Oprah. Thanks a lot for everything. This is Wretched Radio, your authentic self. The mantra of Oprah Winfrey. Deepak Chopra, wait a second, most, and I mean most, university professors, practically, probably every secular philosopher, I don't think there should be Christian philosophers, oxymoron, look out for philosophies. Where The only time the word philosophy is used in the Bible is a warning, don't do it. Furthermore, the wisdom of the world, the musings of reality, 1 Corinthians 1, 2, and 3, bad idea. Because the world's wisdom is foolishness to God. Having said that, the philosophers of our age, they love to talk about the authentic self. Be your true self. You be you. You just, you just got to be who you really are. 
and live and be free. Now, this worldview has been gurgling for centuries. This has been going on easily since pre-enlightenment time, the Romantic era, to be certain. This is absolutely atheistic to the core because it's all about casting off God and making ourselves sit on the Tower of Babel, kicking God off of his throne so we can sit in his chair because we think we deserve to be there. An article in the American Reformer called Identity is Idol helps us to understand exactly how our current culture is being baked. And I got to tell you, when I look at it, it's disaster for a nation. Even communist countries understood the importance of having a flag, that, that, that there's something that we all look at and go, yeah, I'm a part of that. It bro- brings a little bit of cohesion. It keeps neighbor from slitting the throat of another neighbor. Athletics, another communist tactic. This is why, if you remember back to the 60s, the 70s for sure, and for sure, and the 80s, why was it that so many Eastern European communist countries did so well in the Olympics? Which uh, I saw a commercial, was watching a football game. It's only 230 days to the Olympics in Paris. NBC, I think, is already letting us know. The Olympics were esteemed by communists. We got to do well there. So that people in our nation feel a sense of pride in the nation. We're all behind Nadia Comaneci. We're all behind the individual who can throw the javelin really far. It, was, it's a, it brings unity. That is entirely shattered these days. Courtesy of secular humanism, postmodernism, and the cult of self. From the article in the American Reformer, the more a person's defining characteristics differ from more common and broadly shared personality traits or beliefs, the closer they are to embodying the truest self. So if Christianity is kind of the, the, the norm religion, the big one, I got to be anything but that. Otherwise, I'm not unique. I'm not my true self. Self-discovery almost self-discovery almost always entails nose rings, ayahuasca. Is that isn't it what is that? Is that the, the thing that you say is good for memory? Ayahuasca? No, that's the drug thing. <laughs> I, I I can't keep up with the criminal activity. <laughs> Google the ayahuasca. Can you spell that? I cannot, but I'll figure it out. Okay, it's A Y A H U A Ska. That's what that's that's typically what self-discovery involves. Tattoos and weird sex rather than neckties, clean living, church, and modesty. Those used to be the norms. That means you weren't yourself. Cast it off. Be you. Take your ayahuasca, which is I'm not real sure, but it includes uh Deepak Chopra. <laughs> He's involved in it somehow. It oh, is, this is a film. Ayahuasca is a film, yes. But it is a lifestyle of the centering of oneself for the actualization of human maximum potential. Okay, I got it. It's a it's a plant-based psychedelic. There it is. Yeah, right there. We <laughs> Telling me Deepak's on psychedelics. Well, he does a film, uh, I guess, advocating for it. Sure, of course he does. You need the 
pharmacology to be in contact with your God's distance from conventional forms of personality and ways of life, the more authentic the identity. So you've got generations that are being told, cast it all off. Don't join the collective. No community. It's just I. Because there is an I in community, don't you know? From this article. Then the next step is your participation in the authentication of self. You've got to applaud it. You have got to affirm and celebrate the discovery of that self. And once, only once, this affirmation is secured, can the individual actually live out their identity? And that is why there will be no rest for the LGBTQ movement until every Christian sings its praises. They have to have affirmation, and they insist you give it. Since the absence of audience recognition delegitimizes the new identity to which the individual lays claim, the cult of the self works very hard to shame and censure those who would withhold it. This is why the cult becomes so abusive when you don't comply with a member's preferred pronouns. Speaking of pickle the drag queen, that's right, we're back to pickle the drag queen. I think I heard him say, you know, these people, it, it's fine. If, if they want to disagree, that's fine. Just let me be me. I think that's a lie. They don't accept that you can believe what you want to. You must affirm. And that, it, that's why, is it Great Britain, if the liberals are put back into power, they want to give a two-year sentence to anybody who violates somebody's pronoun preferences. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is that? It's the cult of self. You must affirm. And by the way, even if you don't maybe quite privately agree with somebody else's self-expression, you can't deny them that self-expression because then your self-expression can be denied. And we all want our self-expression. The cult of the self maintains a theory of society. Throughout all of human history, inclusion in any given group was earned by the individual's willingness to conform to the values, the expectations of that community. Uh, that's why we don't have shame anymore. Because that's not the goal anymore, to be a part of the community. Collective recognition of one's membership in any group requires that the individual suppress personal differences, preferences, and prioritize the commonly shared features of other members. Today's cult of the self rejects that logic. That's coercion. It stifles my personal authenticity. It demands that the collective adjust itself to the needs of the individual rather than vice versa. B-I-N-G-O, is that not what we are seeing in our culture? The cult of the self sees diversity and a near masochistic conception of tolerance as the highest virtues of a society. And it's a complete misunderstanding of what culture is. I mean, a culture is what makes it, it's, it's what brings us together because we all share that. The current understanding of culture is individuality. What makes you different? Now, what makes me the same? I don't want to be the same. I got to make my own kind of music, sing my own kind of song. I got to be me. And that's what makes a culture. That's why multiculturalism for decades has been decried by anybody with an ounce of sense. You can't have a culture if we don't have any sort of agreement on values and what we believe and what we stand for and what we don't. Culture now is wrongly thought to be the property of the various minoritarian 
communities of our autonomized society. Culture is everything that makes us different. Culture is what brings us together, whether it's food, clothing, values, and worship, which leads us back to the greater institution. Let's forget the country for a moment and think about the church and the unity that is necessary because, first of all, it's God's command. He wants us to be in unity because the Trinitarian God is united, most certainly, and we can't function well. Now, we understand that there's times when we can't have unity. Um, I'm, not, I'm not talking about essential issues. And there's even times with secondary issues where they become so problematic, uh, we, we can't do local church together. We've affirmed that here multiple times. But even then, if we've got the essentials squared and we have to part company simply because we can't do church because of these differences, it should be done lovingly. I'm talking about all of the, all of the cult of the self that we all have the ability to bring into our local church. Do you know how my church should be done? I can tell you exactly how it should be done. <laughs> exactly the way I think it should be done. And I'm not immune to the cult of the self, not just because our culture promotes it. It's because it's a part of our flesh, the love of self, the desire to get my own way. No, this is the way we need to run this program. This is the way the church should be built. This is the color of carpet. This is how we should be doing this. We got to be careful because if we continue to let the cult of self into the church, uh, just like a nation can't survive, neither will your local church. This is Wretched Radio. It is now time for a Wretched News break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, first up, we go to Florida, where a Methodist church recently held a drag gospel service over the weekend. Now, I know what you're asking. What's a drag gospel service? Well, it features performers dressed in drag, singing Christian hymns and reading scripture. The event aimed to define Governor Ron DeSantis' recent ban prohibiting drag shows for minors. So it was to defy the governor's order prohibiting something. A church did this because they said it promotes inclusivity. Now, there's a lot of different avenues I could go down to discuss this. I'll just leave it at Romans 13, anyone? In more concerning news from the child welfare arena, Los Angeles County has instructed social workers to ask minors as young as 10 years old about their sexual orientation and gender identity. Because obviously we all know that's just normal small talk for preteens, right? Nothing weird at all about interrogating fourth graders about their gender. Los Angeles apparently wants workers to prep kids for transitioning because, well, elementary schoolers, as we all know, they're totally ready to make permanent life-altering medical decisions, right? And the Washington Post recently ran an article saying that pumpkin spice has a violent racist history. Did you know that? I, I didn't know that. And let me guess, Cinco de Mayo's next for cultural appropriation, right? Come on, it's a flavor. Let's focus on the real issues, people. Like this from the State Department. They recently said, hey, we're going to have Intersex Awareness Day. It doesn't matter that Russia's outside our window threatening nukes. No, no, we've got to do this because it makes total sense for diplomats to focus on woke gender politics rather than nuclear Armageddon. 
validating 0.000.1% of people with ambiguous genitalia. All the while, World War III is brewing outside the door. Congratulations, State Department. And congratulations to students at UC Berkeley. Well, a portion of students who recently protested after a professor got suspended for sexual harassment. Sexual harassment, by the way, that the professor admitted to. So, literal confession on the table, and these students still cry racism and sexism. Because in our day and time, predators, well, they get a pass as long as they check the right identity boxes. And that's been our wretched news break, proving that lunacy, well, it never takes a day off. Not even Halloween. Stay safe out there tonight, folks. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Amos was a shepherd called to prophesy during a time of prosperity in Israel and Judah. But this prosperity was accompanied by idolatry, extravagance, and corruption. When you consider the society you live in, Amos declares that God judges societies by His standard of righteousness. He hates all corruption and injustice. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. What you're about to hear is going to be even more annoying than my Deepak Chopra impersonation. This is Wretched Radio. Come on, Jimmy. Spot on. It's Well, I don't know that it's spot on, but it's at least close. I went and looked up the Deepak on the YouTube machine. He's everywhere. He's written 92 books. Who keeps publishing this dreck? <laughs> oh, I know. Publishers that want to make money. Why? Because he promotes a gobbledygook of his imagination. What he cobbles together and he does himself in connection with the divine reality of the you that is yourself must be nourished. And you can do this by being aware of your breath. You breathe. This is what you do. I actually watched. He, I, I, it was a, it was a video on how to sleep at night. Uh-huh. This, this, I kid you not. This was his first advice. This is, this is spiritual guru Deepak Chopra. It is very important that you do not watch TV or use electronic devices for two hours before going to sleep. Uh-huh. No. Where did you get that spiritual insight, Deepak? I haven't read that in People magazine before. Earth shatter. You know who else I think I impersonate pretty well, if you don't mind me toot my own horn? Friel? That's a big horn. Who's that? Francis Chan. Oh. <laughs> I just think my Francis Chan is at least in... Because I came here and I was going to actually, I had a sermon, but I heard the word and Mike Bickle. I love that guy. And I just want to talk. This this is so sweet here. They sound pretty similar, Todd. Have you seen them together? Have you ever seen Deepak Chopra and Francis Chan in a room? Hey, I have not. That conspiracy theory has a little bit more credibility than most these days. Okay, I'm going to challenge myself because I like a good challenge. Freel. You're torturing us. This is my impersonation of Francis Chopra or Deepak Chan, if you prefer. <laughs> no, no. You see, this woman that you're going to hear is just very much like. See, I got a little Deepak Chan going on right there. <laughs> the, the voice in your head. Now, suddenly, what you're about to hear isn't going to sound that bad. Oh, trust me, it's bad. But it's not nearly as bad as my impersonation of Francis Chopra. 
Uh, this is a woman at a, I'm so sorry, my Presbyterian friends, Presbyterian Church USA. Remember, that's the wonky one, Presbyterian Church America. They've got their struggles like every denomination, but it's the PC USA. This isn't even Christian. What you're about to hear isn't even Christian. I, I watched as much of this as I could stomach, which means we probably won't get through very much of this. It's, it's worth hearing how a radical liberal feminist goes about the business of totally twisting the Bible into knots. That Jimmy, this woman twists the Bible so badly. How bad does she twist it? I, I do not think that she's reading the Bible rightly. Deepak Chopra thinks she's a mangler <laughs> of scripture. That's how bad this is. Wow. It, it seems to me that we could perhaps learn one thing about this. Maybe this could in some small way be helpful in our national discourse. We need to label this as what it is, not Christian. This is not a church. This is not a pastor. This isn't a Christian. There's, there's nothing Christian about this Presbyterian Church USA pastor. People often ask me how I can be a feminist and a Christian. My response is that being a feminist Christian is the only way I can be a Christian. Oh, I see. <laughs> hey, if you think that liberals are always nice, woo, that shot hit me right between the eyes. How's about you? That type of Christianity? Oh, no way. I couldn't be like that unless I could be feminist. How do you become a feminist Christian? The author of First Timothy would certainly have considered feminist theologians and female clergy to be disobedient daughters of Eve. Yes. And there are a lot of Christians out there who would agree. Yes. And that's okay with me. I bet it's not. Feminist theology has taught me how to reinterpret scripture in ways that are healing and life-giving. <laughs> it's honest. I give her props. She's not trying to hide anything. Look, I know the Bible has been clearly understood to mean this now for, for millennia. I got a new hermeneutic here. And I refuse to allow conservative Christians or anyone else to take my God away from me. Well, one of us has got a different God. One of us has the true God. The other one doesn't. Because what she does to the Bible is so, let's just stick with our lingo. It's unchristian. This, this isn't even reading the Bible normally. As a feminist theologian, one of the things that gives me joy is reinterpreting texts that have been used to hurt or control people. Please note, all those people were terrible. They hurt. They controlled. And she just said, they're wrong. One of us is. God that I know is full of light and life. Because the God that I know holds me in my grief and walks with me in my pain. I know that the sacred word of God is not a weapon, nor should it ever be used to harm or shame people. Well, she forgot to mention he's also a God of truth and a God of clarity. When you, when you listen to people now in the 21st century make the claim that they are now getting it right, finally. That, that takes an awful lot of belief in oneself, which I actually affirm. But this woman says she's a Christian, even I know. I'm Deepak Chopra, and I know that this is not Christian. Despite two millennia of misogynistic interpretations of oh, Genesis and okay. Eve, 
There have always been other ways to read this story. I can't wait to hear them. How's about you? I love the story of Eve in the garden. My second child is named Eve. When we look at it with fresh eyes, it's quite a remarkable story. Have you ever noticed that God lied to Adam and Eve? All right, then. (laughs) No, hadn't noticed that. Hadn't noticed that at all, madam. Please enlighten us. While the serpent plays the role of the foil here, he's meant to set Eve up for her role as the bringer of wisdom and moral agency to the human community. The setup for this action that she takes is that God lied to her. Wow. God told the first couple, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you will die. And the serpent reveals the truth. You won't die. Wow. Wow. So the serpent is truthful. That's right. God is a liar. We don't want to read the rest of the Bible to read how the entirety of Scripture would say just the opposite, including Jesus calling the devil the father of lies, who was a liar from the beginning. Well, maybe she's got a feminist way to reinterpret Jesus' words to get them in alignment with her values. This is staggering. I have shutzpah, but this is amazing. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And here we get to the real heart of the story. The verse in which Eve acts on behalf of all humanity. In fact, the moment at which Eve not only exercises her own moral agency, but she chooses that very trait that defines our humanity. That knowledge that makes us moral creatures. Our ability to know good and evil. By the way, did she explain how it is she knows that God lied? I didn't I didn't hear that foundation being laid. Unless, of course, she's peddling the old ruse. But see, they didn't die on the spot. God didn't say you die on the spot. He said you will surely die. And last time I checked, Adam and Eve haven't been around for a while. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of it and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. That we need to trust women to make the critically important decision about whether to continue a pregnancy. It is rooted in a re Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second here. <laughs> Where did that come from? That jumped the shark. Look, look. I have been guilty of some really awful segues. I I admit it, but this was a critically important decision about whether to continue a pregnancy. It is rooted in a reinterpreted understanding of the story of the Garden of Eden that recognizes and affirms the moral agency and wisdom that Eve chose in the garden. Okay. So much for our understanding that through one man, sin entered the world. Nope. This was all about pro-choice. Okay, got So she had her conclusion. She went and found her proof text, I guess. For all of us. Yeah. The story of Eve is the story of why humanity is able to distinguish between what is right and wrong. And it marks this moral agency, no. this knowledge. No, 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 no. It is because God has determined what is morally right and wrong. This is... This isn't sub-Christian. This is a Christian. This isn't... This, this isn't even... 
if somebody went festival or book club and reinterpreted Hamlet to mean it's the story about a man whose, whose inner consciousness was enlightened and then he ruled the world in the death of his father. Therefore, it was a good thing. They'd go, stop doing that. That isn't even Shakespeare. Ditto Christianity. This is Wretched Radio. You are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the Masters Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people. You're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of gospel partners. This will help me in my daily study of God's Word and will inform, instruct, inspire me in my walk with the Lord as well as my service to the Lord in my my family and my church ministries. How encouraging is that? By the way, if you're not plugged into the Masters Academy International, everything is about long-lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. You can learn more about the Masters Academy at wretched.org slash Bible, or if you prefer, wretched.org slash Pastor. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today and to our ongoing monthly gospel partners. You're the foundation. You're the heartbeat of this mission. You stand firm with us and it's not just a commitment, but it is a testament to your faith and dedication to spreading the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to millions of people all over the world. And if you haven't yet quite made the leap to joining us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider doing so? No gimmicks, no punchlines, no hard sales here. I'm, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just giving you an honest to goodness invitation to be part of a mission that is changing lives all over the world. As we stand firm together, unwavering in this purpose, united in this mission, we are able to make a difference for eternity. Wretched.org slash donate is where you can find any answers to any questions you might ever possibly have on what it would look like to become an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat. Would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Mediator. God is holy and cannot have fellowship with sinful men. But Jesus is both righteous man and holy God, and through Him we have direct access to God. 
This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Spanning the globe to bring you... Somebody help me! Help me get out of this rabbit hole! The constant variety of knowledge and wisdom that can be amassed to actualize the authentic self and the divine within us all. As long as you connect everything <laughs> with a really old jingle. <laughs> this is... Stop it, man. I can't. I can't. I'm noticing the more I do Deepak, the worse it gets. Yes. Imagine how my Francis Chan would sound. <laughs> Imagine that nobody be listening if I talked like that. All of the time, let's span the globe, uh, shall we? And around the world, it is discovered, courtesy of Gallup, a quarter, no kidding, a quarter of the world claims to be lonely, in particular younger adults. This was kind of interesting. Younger adults, lonelier than older adults, and I'm meaning 65 and older old. You would think that demographic has less companionship, less company than the younger generation. No, 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 no. The older folks, 65 and older, reported the lowest incidence of loneliness. Younger adults suffer from loneliness. Fascinating. They've got a gazillion friends. They've watched TikTok videos from around the globe. And they're lonely. Health experts. Oh, Jimmy, now this is getting serious. Health experts warn that loneliness can have the same effect on health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. But it's okay if you smoke pot. Just so you know, that... <laughs> just not the that, cigarettes. Yeah, just not cigarettes. By the way, Georgia, get ready for another run. I don't know the name of the legislator who's going to give medical marijuana another run here in Georgia. It has been defeated before. It's a matter of time when our legislative body loses all semblance of common sense and says, yes, we want a drug that clearly makes you stupid, uh, that helps you lose your job, that causes you to get into more car accidents. We want to affirm that and not regulate it. You know, like Sudafed, which did you, Jimmy, did you see Sudafed and Muse? Uh, what's the, you know, getting rid of the phlegm? Mucinex. That one. Uh-huh. They're pulling it from the CBS. Really? Claiming it doesn't work. Yeah. My wife told me something about that. It was more or less, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, what's the word where they don't put anything in it and it tricks you? Ah, placebo. Placebo, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, They said that, but it's like, this stuff, it's worked for a lot of people. I've had the Sudafed. Uh-huh. It works. Yep. I've had the, I've had the music. It works. I, I got, I got it. Jimmy, if you have a helicopter sound effect, we could use it right now. <laughs> I think the pharmaceuticals are behind this move. Or, oh, wait a second. What if there's a cold vaccine? Yes. I hope it's an untested one, too, because those are so much more (laughs) trustworthy, aren't they? People are lonely. Of course, they're lonely. They don't have God. They don't have family. They don't have community. They don't have truth. Of course, people are lonely. You can surround yourself with the Internet as much as you want, and you're going to be lonely. And hey, maybe that's a shout out to pastors who think that cyber church is actually church. It doesn't work. It doesn't form community. People are not a part of pixels. 
They are looking at electronic images. It isn't real. It's pictures, motion pictures, but it's nothing but pictures. And it doesn't help somebody not feel lonely. Why so many pastors are, hey, don't worry. You don't have to go to church to be a part of church. Yeah, actually you do. And we really aren't doing people any favors when we say, don't bother going to church. You can do it online. Matthew Perry, 54 years old. That friend is gone. He died in a jacuzzi, a hot tub. And this is a fellow that we can learn something from. Don't know how much of his biography you read. I didn't. I just saw some excerpts that a lot of publications decided to focus on. At the age of 14, Matthew Perry prayed, God, whatever you do, just make me famous. Didn't believe in God, but that was his prayer. And on multiple occasions, he said that was a lie. That fame did not make him happy. He became a friend. He was famous. He was making millions of dollars. And he was miserable. He had been deceived. Please believe Matthew Perry. If, if you think that fame is going it, to, it's your ticket to happiness and self-actualization, it's not. It made him actually even more miserable. He talked about it, wrote about it very openly, the drugs and the alcohol abuse. He was a very unhappy man because he felt like the carpet had been pulled out from underneath him. The world said, being famous, that's the ticket. Look at they get to walk a red carpet. And he got to. He arrived. And you know what he found there? Nothing. Let's maybe learn a little lesson from Matthew Perry. Might be something redemptive out of a just a it's a tragic story. Anytime a 54-year-old is found in their hot tub dead. For whatever reason, that's tragic. Maybe something that the church could take from it is a lesson for our kids. Fame doesn't deliver on its promises. Celebrity, so many clamored by it. I, You know what? I was one of those kids. There's confession time. When I was a kid, oh, man. Better believe I want to be famous. Who, who didn't want to be famous or a famous football player or a fam- whatever it was you wanted to be? Jimmy, and I have to tell you something. Uh-oh. If not for one thing, I would be oh, A-list celebrity. What's that? Talent. <laughs> Speaking of which, okay, I'm just repeating a meme. Yep, that's right. I'm about to read my cell phone to you. This was sent to me. Just this morning, I'm not going to say that it was Ray Comfort who sent it to me because, you know, somebody might not like this particular meme. It's a picture of like a founding, could be a philosopher. You know, it's that look. They got the big knot in the front and the kind of the long hair. Remember, the only thing standing between you and your dreams is your appearance, lack of talent. And general personality. (laughs) You can be whatever you want to be. Well, not really. Now, can we? There's another lie. Matthew Perry, he learned that lesson tragically the hard way. Here's a story, Jimmy. This one, it seems to keep popping up. This is from the Daily Mail. Has Noah's Ark been found? Archaeologists reveal ruins found in Turkey, boat-shaped mound, date back to 5,000 years ago. Wow. This is ridiculous. I thought it was in Kentucky. Exactly. <laughs> Why didn't they call us? Yeah. Why didn't they call Ken Ham? Yeah, the we answer. know 
that the answer is in Kentucky right. or something like that. <laughs> if you've never been to the Ark Encounter, please go. Please go. It's awesome. And I mean that. It is awesome. You pull up. Whoa. I guarantee you. I've, 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 I've offered this challenge before. Nobody's taken me up on it. If, if, this, if you discover that the statement I'm about to make is inaccurate, Jimmy will give you $5. Here it is. You're going to pull up to the ark. Despite what you've heard about its massive presence, you're going to go, oh, whoa, just like that. Yep. Send yep. Jimmy an email if you didn't, because I'm telling you, that has been found to be chose. It's an amazing mm. experience. It is. 16 Democratic attorneys general claim pro-life pregnancy centers are misleading consumers. Is more gaslighting. These 16, by the way, you should know, Texas attorney, a general Ken Paxton is suing Yelp for appending inaccurate and misleading language to listings on pregnancy resource centers appearing in the search results on Yelp's app web website. In the meantime, 16 attorney generals have gone to court. They want to go to court now because they say that these crisis pregnancy centers are misleading consumers Delaying access to critical, time-sensitive reproductive health care. Here's the states. California, duh. Connecticut, surprise. Delaware, District of Columbia. Hawaii, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan. Minnesota, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Nevada, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington signed the letter. Here's the gaslighting. CPCs notably often target vulnerable populations and communities facing barriers to reproductive health care access with their deception and misinformation, such as young people, people of color, and those for whom English is not their primary language. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You mean the playbook of Planned Parenthood? Seriously? The life centers are guilty of preying on poor people. You take a look at a map with all the Planned Parenthood locations, you're going to be stunned at the population centers where there's more pins. Why? Because that is precisely who they target. And somebody in response to this accusation said, yeah, because they're the people who need help the most. Seven, I saw this statistic. 76% of women say, I wish I had an alternative. They just don't know that they do. By the way, the statistic wasn't here. 80% of women who see an ultrasound keep their baby. Please support preborn care centers. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Because the fight for life, hoofta, it's eating up again. Until tomorrow, go serve your kingdom.